Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Get the most out of weekly sales and receive personalized coupons toward your favorite items, all while earning one fuel point for every dollar spent. Because shopping at Kroger, whether in-store or online, is easy. And saving money is even easier with the Kroger app. So get the most value out of every trip, every time. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Forever. Dog. You know what makes me laugh about every time Black History Month comes around is that every time Black History Month comes around is when predominantly white outlets look for podcasts focusing on Black content and decide to showcase us. And it's usually only during February. Like, I'm like, we've been good every month. But y'all only want to come to us for Black History Listen, Month. Listen, we appreciate like, the shout. Listen, you know I know. <laughs> We need to don't have them Thank just for- take away the only time they show this. <laughs> I'm just telling them. I'm telling them to be better. I'm just telling them. Listen, all I'm saying. I didn't say. I didn't even say. I didn't even say a platform or an outlet. You didn't need to. I'm you said this is. You said this is the time when platforms yeah, plural consistently. <laughs> if you look at the history of this podcast, I which, mean, we got to be on Good Morning America last year. That, and was, that was cool. Black, was that Black History Month, right? Well, Month? well. What happened was they were launching this new initiative, which was Podcasts of the Month. And when it happened, it did happen to fall. We were their first ones. So it happened to fall in Black History Month. And they didn't say it like that. They didn't say that like they were talking about us because it was Black History Month. Because they, because I've seen subsequent Podcasts of the Month and they are not, you know, <laughs> Black people, Black folks or whatever. But yes, but ours did, they did launch and also talk about ours in Black History Month. Yeah, and I'm sure it was just a coincidence. Absolutely. Completely, like, just completely, because they were just like, what are the podcasts that we really like? Yeah. No, no, no. I, listen, I, look, y'all, I'm saying, I love Black History Month. And I love when Black History Month comes around and people need to feel good about themselves by supporting Black content that is good for 12 months out of the year. And they were like, oh, but for February, we, we got to get We get on some end of the year lists, though, too. I'll take the bump. Yeah, I'll take, the, I'll take that bump because we, we also get on end of the year lists as well. We have consistently gotten on, on both, on in, you know, Black History Month lists and end of the year lists. So uh, there it is. Okay, yeah. When are, the, are, are the other times that there are lists? That's my, that's my question. When are the other times that there are lists? People just I doing mean, lists we've all gotten the time? shouted out a lot. We've we've been put on a lot of lists. We got a lot of shout outs. We've done pretty well for a podcast, I think, especially a podcast just made by just three dudes who don't really know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, by now I feel like as our as our fans 
constantly remind us we have zero <laughs> why y'all ain't research this <laughs> <laughs> they're like uh you said that this didn't happen and it totally did happen you know? <laughs> and I'm like, like okay. chill chill yeah, man. Home i mean we're pretty good but we're not like the tuskegee airmen <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> I don't I'm just know saying what you, we're like I actually I, we're, don't know what you mean. Why we make? I'm saying we we fly high, but we're not the Tuskegee Airmen. Yeah, okay, but you want to you want to stick to this? Yeah, why? I'm just saying we're pretty decorated with a lot All of right, well, I'm awards and this. recognition, but I'm gonna I don't think we're the Tuskegee Airmen. Okay, this is a button. It's a picture of my. You know, there's mic. a level. There's levels to this. Yeah, there's a level. My mic level. I'm gonna put it on. Not in the stratosphere. Like my mic the level on Tuskegee. Off. Airman. Hey, Melissa, can you cut his mic off? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, can you cut his Why are you cutting mine? my mic off? I'm a go. Why are you cutting your mics off? No, 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 no. I think I think we should cut your mic off and James and I just continue. For what? What reason? I don't understand. There's no bits on this show, so. I'm going to, I'm actually going to be completely bitless today. No Great. bits today. Me too. I'm Me not even. too. I'm not going right. to do a single bit this whole time. Neither so. am I. So. That will not, not fly. Oh, like the God. Tuskegee Airmen. What is happening? Let's start the show. Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Jerome Milligan. What more can I say? Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City. Straighten up and fly right. Is the line that I'm choosing to state at the top of the of the podcast. Okay. Yeah. But I'm not doing it, you know, I'm not doing it with an affectation or anything. I'm just going to quote the film. How about we live in the air, die by fire? Ooh, that was intense. That was good. There was Scary. a lot of intense moments in this in this film. I mean it's a war film. It's pretty Yeah, intense. but this this was more intense than than Red Tails was. I mean I'm I'm gonna start I'm gonna kick off the Red Tails comparison wow. right away. Red right Tails off the top. Wow. We didn't even introduce what this podcast we is don't need you're to. already I, into I, it. I need to just immediately say we I would no 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 we don't <laughs> This is episode 1,642. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, but yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Okay, that's it. I was just doing a Red Tails comparison right away, just making sure. You know what, James? Not as Thank you for doing that, James. So when, so when the fans come and say, I hate all the movies and compare movies, I didn't start it today. James did, but just believe it's about to happen the whole podcast. <laughs> okay, well... For those of you who are listening for the first time, welcome. Sorry. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening to episode number 1,642. <laughs> the, first, the first time you tuned in. Kudos. <laughs> I mean, look, people hear about... James, yes, people are going to tune in. <laughs> this might be the first week they heard about the podcast. They finally decided to check it out. This is the first week that they're listening. They listen to the newest episode, and that's this episode. Or right. maybe... Maybe there, this isn't the newest episode, and for some very strange reason, they decided to start the podcast <laughs> with the Tuskegee Airmen. I don't know. Maybe it's one of your favorite films. Could be. You know, this is a film review podcast. We review the films of leading Black actors in the context uh, of race uh, and diversity in Hollywood. You know, today we are reviewing the Tuskegee Airmen. You know, technically, technically, this is a TV movie. Interesting. It was an HBO movie. 
Oh, I didn't know that. This was a TV movie? Yep. It's a TV movie. Yeah, interesting. So you're saying we're breaking the rules to We are breaking this. the rules. I didn't I didn't realize oh. that until oh. we started watching it. Interest that's when you realized? <laughs> yeah, because it said HBO presents, and I was like, Well, I mean, the the cast in this film feels like a not a TV movie cast. <laughs> I feel like, like this movie has come up numerous times, and we've always talked about not doing it because it's a TV. Well, I forgot about that. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought, I thought, because didn't HBO produce theatrical movies as well? Or am I making that up? Is that? Well, maybe they did. But MTV this was... and Nickelodeon certainly did. So HBO must, right? I mean, I thought, like, I thought this was not wow, okay. If Nickelodeon movie. can produce a theatrical film, <laughs> HBO gotta be able to. Originally released on cable, the HBO feature was shown on multiple repeats and eventually was released as a limited feature in selected theaters. Right. But this is, I mean, to, to also quote HBO, this movie was made for the small screen. You know, they, they, they recently pulled Batgirl because it was made for the small screen. It would hurt the DC brand if they released it theatrically. And I just want to say, watching this movie, this movie was certainly made for the small screen. They, 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 they thought the movie was so bad it would hurt the DC brand? If yes. it was released theatrically. If it was released theatrically. That, that's not the reason that they cut it. All of entirely. their theatrical DC releases were like, these are cool. But they were like, but this one is actually bad enough it could hurt our brand. And their brand being mediocre to terrible films. <laughs> no, but the, th- the, the thing you have to understand, though, the thing you have to understand, Bray, is they are they were reaching a a turning point in their cinematic universe anyway, and so choosing to pull that specific film at that specific time, it's just sort of it's all tied to this rebranding and reshaping, and and so and that's what they meant by it. You know what I'm saying? Okay, sure, <laughs> that's fine. By the way, there are three of us, and you might oh. be getting confused on who is who. So just so you know, the voice that you're listening to right now, that sounds like the captain. The captain? An airship? Of a, a, a battle jet? A fighter pilot? Wait, none of these words make sense. That is the voice of Jonathan Prayer. The, the captain of a fighter what? pilot, I think, is technically... Yeah, the captain the, of a fighter pilot. <laughs> it's technically the syntax you just used. Yeah, the captain <laughs> of a fighter pilot. It's like, it's like I didn't have a headache until Bray started talking. I also said like battle head. jet. <laughs> Neither of those are things. This voice is that of Gerard Milligan. And this voice is James the Third. Hey! Oh, that was... Normal. And I said I would. I'm not going to do a single bit on this entire production. Oh, wow. that's what you sound like, James. That's crazy. This is my voice. This is how I sound. I appreciate Hello, it. So, as we said, we are doing the Tuskegee Airmen. It stars Lawrence Fishburne, Cuba Gooding Jr., Courtney B. Vance, Andre Brown. Wait, how do you say his last name? Bra- Andre Brower. Brower. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mackay Pfeiffer is in this. Malcolm Jamal Warner is in this. Great, Cal. That's why I forgot. My cat was like, who's in it that I would know? And I was like, literally everyone. And I tried to name the full cast. And I, le- I left out Malcolm Jamal Warner, if you can believe it or not. He's on a hit show right now on Fox. I just saw him recently. Looking dapper. Okay. Wait, Vivica Fox was in this? How do I know? I know. I just had that same thought. I guess I have to rewatch the movie. Maybe she got, she must have got cut because I don't remember her in this movie. Yeah, I don't remember her. Yeah, she got 
Yeah, she must have got cut because Alan Payne. Yo, Alan Payne is so Alan funny. Payne, y'all. I think this dude was set up to be the next guy. Like when I think about like some of his earlier movies, like this, New Jack City, Jason's Lyric, like they were. It was like they were picking this dude, and it was like he ended up. I feel that way about him. Omar Epps. Sorry, you were mid. St- no, st- no, but st- it's, st- but yeah, no, I feel no, that way about them. But it's so tricky because yeah, Omar Epps, Makai Pfeiffer, and it's something that like. Which I guess is kind of controversial. I'm not sure if you guys spoke about it when I was gone, but like it just Alba came out and started talking about the context of being a black actor, and people came came out and was like pissed at him because he said he doesn't want to be a black actor. But then John Baker was like, "That makes no sense because we black and we actors. It should be the business that changes." But when I think about what interested, and I look at like, for instance, the Bivica Foxes, the the Alan Paynes, the I mean, even Wesley to an extent, like some of these people are considered definitely Wesley. Yeah, but some of these people are like black famous and I'm like, it's something that is very hurtful, but it's like, even us, look guys, like, you know what I'm saying? It's something that I struggle with because I want black people to like me, but then you also want to cross over, but then there's also something to only getting work in films that have that black movie label and I feel like that sometimes like hinders people and it's not us that's doing it, it's clearly like white culture that's doing it and I look at like Alan Payne and I'm like, bruh, you was... He was in the game. Makai Pfeiffer was in the game, baby. Like, Spike had that nigga in movies, dog. But then in a sense, I mean, we do do it in a sense, right? Like, our podcast, at least for a while, it kind of shifted a little bit, but, like, over time. But in the beginning, we were like, it's it's not a... We compared, like, black film versus, like, <laughs> versus, like, Hollywood at, at, at large, whatever that means, whatever that difference means. It's that thing that... Uh, my God, we could talk about this for hours. The difference was in terms of marketing and, yeah, like distribution. This, I mean, this isn't a, I, I don't, I, I don't, yeah, anyway, that's an interesting, I don't, this was made, this was made for and di- distributed on HBO, which doesn't, which automatically makes it to me feel like not a black f- film, you know, even though it's mostly, a, it is, a majority black cast. I, but I would imagine a lot of white people saw this movie. This movie cost $8.5 million to make, which feels like a good amount for a, a TV television movie. I don't know how much television movies cost then. Yeah, in 95 also or whenever. Yeah, in 1995. Though I'm sure like every single actor in this had to take a pay cut pretty much, right? Or l- at least the leads. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean... But also, what were they probably getting paid? To be truthfully honest, it's like that's true. Like not that, not, not to be a dick, but it's like what was their rates? Yeah, that, what were their rates? I mean, Lawrence Fishburne was. I mean, Cuba Gooding Jr. in ninety. This is ninety. No, uh, yeah, yeah, ninety-five. He is the and in this? He, it's it's yeah. Jerry Maguire hadn't come out, so he hadn't won an Emmy yet, right? Because Jerry Maguire came out in ninety-six. I'm it came, sure. yeah, it came out in ninety-six. So this is before his Oscar. This is before the Oscar. So before, before his this, Oscar. But he had been in in movies. I mean, they all had. Lawrence Fishburne was in. He was he wasn't nominated for an Oscar, but Angela Bassett was for What's Love Got to Do with It, and that came out before this film. Got yeah, and they were both in Boys in the Hood. Well, by now, Fishburne and and Cuba. Right, of course. I mean, the whole cast, the whole cast at this point, I feel like if you're black, you know who they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Every, I, I, even if you weren't, everybody knew, everybody knew Malcolm, right? Everybody knew Theo. 
right? The Cosby Show yeah. is like one of the most popular shows of all time. I just mean the whole cast. You know, the whole cast. Dude. Yeah. Because you know what? They had <laughs> yeah. so many. The cast was like generational. Like you had so many people in this cast that I'm like, if you didn't know one, you knew the other. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. It was impossible. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earnin. Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day and up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. And look, guys, I know you're like me. Sometimes unexpected instances come up where you need a little extra cash. I know for me, we I got two dogs. Every now and then, one of these dogs eats something that they're not supposed to eat. <laughs> they be pooping, uh, you know, doing yeah, something. And I'm I like, we got to take this dog to the vet. And the vet's like, you got to give me my money. And I'm like, goodness gracious. Well, that's why you got something like earning because you can make earning a part of your financial routine. Enjoy earnings over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about earning, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earning today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earning app, type in Jump Under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Jump Under Podcast, subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earning.com slash TOS for details. Earning is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I- I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, this is Will Arnett. I, we, are inviting you to follow us as we go on tour and we take our podcast, Smartless, on the road. Join us and watch any boundaries we previously had disappear. Like you've never seen us before, you'll see us on the road ordering lunch, roasting each other, and on stage as we surprise each other with a mystery celebrity guest in each city. Boy, that sounds amazing. Welcome to to Smartless! Don't miss our new series, Smartless, on the road, streaming May 23rd, only on Max. Subscription required. There is no box office, obviously, because it didn't really come out in theaters. But Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes score is? I mean, it's 100. What are you talking about? Some haters. <laughs> if it's anything less than 100, get out of here. What are you talking about? Well, you know, it is HBO. So HBO. Well, it's, I mean, 100 is, 100 is pretty rare. <laughs> yeah, but come on. 
Come well, it's eighty-eight. On. It's eighty-eight percent. That's no pretty. way. Where's that other uh, twelve? That's at? actually better than I thought it was. Where's gonna the be. other twelve at? That's better than I thought it was going to be. That's more bullshit. Yeah, eighty-eight percent. That's actually much better. That's one person gave it a bad review. Okay, what they say? What they, what they Caucasian? Yeah. First of all, what this white man say? <laughs> <laughs> what did this? Hold on, what did this uppity white man say? <laughs> this uppity white man. This uppity white man said that it was too self-important, too cliched, and too Get dismissive the of the town. Okay, sorry, that's all I have to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm one beer in. <laughs> just, just, just to be clear, I'm one beer in. I just finished the movie before we start. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, that's I'm hilarious. Upset. Who is it? What's his name? I'm gonna follow, I'm gonna find him. Jake's about, this dude up. Jake's, about to, Jake's about to send a very aggressive email. This dude is like, um, this movie came out. Was it over yeah. 20, 30 years ago though? It's not a real public. It's his name is like Rob Vox, and it's like Flipside Movie Emporium. I don't know. Wow, Flipside Movie real... Emporium called this self-important. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like what the hell is Flipside Movie Emporium? <laughs> Certainly not important that. enough for us to be talking, spending this much time talking yeah. about. Yeah. Ugh, I'm disgusted. Right. Flipside Movie Emporium. Yeah, who knows. <laughs> so, seventy nine percent audience score. Who are these people? <laughs> I mean, this is genre film. It's a movie. It's a war movie. So there's all there's that sounds about right. There's like twenty one percent of people who are just not going to like it just based off of what it is. Right. What else is there to say? This it's just about the Tuskegee Airmen, <laughs> and <laughs> the, yeah. we will compare it to Red Tails, which I have to tell you, while I was watching this film, I could not remember. Red Tails. <laughs> well, the thing about the the one thing I will say that for me is that Red Tails essentially starts where this movie ends. Yes, that is so. True. That's the big the biggest difference is uh, they are very different movies in that respect because they are just telling literal different stories about the Tuskegee Airmen. <laughs> yeah, and and the, and the thing I didn't do before this uh, naturally because this is our podcast but i didn't look up <laughs> i didn't look up fact i didn't like fact check like what was you know what what's real and what's not but the thing about red tails that was was surprising afterwards was that every character was invented and so i don't know how true that is you know if these are based on real people or i mean i think it's i think for movies like this you kind of want to invent the characters as opposed to trying to do like making real names and then having those families be like this, this person never did that because you're gonna have to invent stuff you know what i mean but i think you want like you want like moments or like things that happen to to happen but because this was about the whole fighter pilot group it's like not necessarily you don't really need for it to be the exact names of the people but that's a good but we'll look it up all right initial thoughts who wants to start i i like this movie i thought it was well made i thought the acting was great I thought it was interesting how they did the flight battle footage. You could tell that, I mean, you could tell that was a very inventive way to, like, when you don't have, you know, Christopher Nolan type money to do things. Yeah, man, honestly, it's so interesting because I'm looking at all these actors and I'm like, man, this movie, this movie was Red Tails. It was like stacked with a bunch of people, but like the performances, and again, the people who were in Red Tails, as we know. Some of the same people. Oh, wow, yeah. I guess just Cuba or I don't know who else, but. <laughs> but it's like the actors I thought were just so good and the performances were so good. I think the thing that my biggest takeaway is like the movie was 
wonderful, but it was so sad that this is another movie which is based on a true story in which Black people have to be extraordinary, have to convince a white person that they are worthy of existence. And that happens so often in this movie. The one thing I did like about this movie is that they called it out every single time. Like, well, Andre Brower is talking to Third Rock from the Sun, and he's like, hey, alien white man, just know these Black people had to go through so much to get here. But even before they became, you know what I'm saying? Even before they got in the air, they had to go through so much just to get to this point. I think something, I think I was watching something recently and I was like, man, it sucks that for people to understand someone else's existence or plight, they have to experience it themselves. And that's not always the case, but it's usually the case with white racism. And this movie is just another example of how fantastic these men had to be. Even even looking at the, the scroll at the end, knowing that these black men never lost a bomber. Ever, never lost a bomber. While like, and then even to only take sixty six casualties. Period. Incredible. Out of six hundred and fifty. Yeah, like period. Yeah. Out of four hundred and fifty. Like sixty six casualties while protecting bombers, and I'm like, uh, 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 for, for people like my, my family was in the air force, and for people to understand is like, you are literally bodyguards. So. You are literally just taking, quote unquote, taking hits to protect a slow moving plane. And for these motherfuckers to never lose one of them, that means these black people were putting their lives on the lines for Caucasian men who hate them. And the thing that's so interesting about this is like, I think, you know, you'll watch movies like Dead Presidents and stuff where these awarded individuals came back after the war and some of these same white people they saved, the country that they were working for shunned them. And I'm just like, man, all this work to prove that you're decent and lovable and like you deserve to be here and you come home and you give, you get shit. I don't know. Anyway, but the movie was great. It, it just makes me really sad about how the world works. But other than that, cool. Because of what you harped on, I'll go, I'll go next. I, so I, I liked Red Tails. I remember liking Red Tails when I, when I saw it. I imagine if I watch it again, I'll still like it. But, but comparing the two, something that I really liked about this movie that I think Red Tails was lacking was ex- exactly sort of this thing. They kind of focused, they zeroed in on like what was great about the Red Tails to the war itself while also showing how difficult it would be <laughs> to have been a black man who wanted to serve in this way and at, at this time in in a way that red tails doesn't touch almost at all <laughs> like all, like almost at all like by the end of this movie when Lawrence Fishburne is just looking around and everyone that he that he went through basic training with is gone and like and and <laughs> It's just and and moments before that, you know, they you know, they keep asking everyone, like, why are you serving or what do you want to serve for? And and the the as you as the movie progresses, the reasons kind of change. We get kind of different reasons and kind of evolving reasons and 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 stuff like that. And I just thought that that was so expertly done. It felt like it felt like there were black writers on this and like that it was really get delving into the nuance of what it would mean to be serving your a country that where you don't even feel like your country is your is your home you know so i thought that was awesome it was hard to kind of watch a little bit of the like what makes it a tv movie about it like there's there there are moments that 
that would be more impactful with more money or more special effects or more whatever. There was a lot, there would be a lot of like, we have to cut away from this <laughs> stuff. But that's just, that is more like me 2023 watching this movie that came out in 1995, you know, I think is really well done in terms of the storytelling and in terms of like the, you know, feeling the tension of all of these moments. I loved all the characters. I loved all the acting. And I don't think the white story of it if I felt like they did a good job of kind of peppering in, like, it's like we get the, you know, we get a couple of white voices who are like, why are we like this? But like not doing a lot of work to try to change it because they wouldn't have been. <laughs> and then, and then you know, and then we get the the race, the racists in there, you know, and then, and then we get like someone who does have like a change of heart, but it's not like a come to Jesus moment. It's literally like, he needs the Tuskegee Airmen. And if they don't, if they they don't go, (laughs) they need them, you know? So I thought that was cool. I don't know. I I really liked this. Come with us if you want to live. Yeah, I echo everyone's sentiments. I, yeah, I think this was a a really well-made movie. The acting was phenomenal and and kind of supports the whole film. Obviously it was, it was made with like a, a lower budget than most, blockbuster film so like there's not like the action isn't like super cool but like the but but because they use real life footage it made it like more interesting which i definitely appreciate it and yeah really just felt like you know they kind of use Lawrence fishburne's character to kind of give you like an immersive kind of perspective on what it would possibly feel like to be a black pilot at this time you know and that side of it was never lost and because that it's interesting. I feel like one of the reasons it it's so I, I Red Tails to me is a little a more forgettable movie is because I think I remember saying this at the time. It's like uh, there's no like you don't know what the through line is gonna be. And for this it's a little more because it like starts like it literally starts before they get to the, you know, training. You understand what it's gonna be. It's like they want to become pilots. So the movie is first about them just going through the training and who's going to make it. And then they finally make it. And then it's like, are we going to get to go to war? And then they get to go to war. And then it's like, okay, but are we actually going to be used in a battle? You know? And then there's like a bet, like a thing that they do. And then it's like now the biggest, the big mission, you know, the biggest mission that they get. And that's the end. And it just feels like you're with it. You understand the progression. You're seeing the characters develop and change. And I feel like red i mean we did a whole podcast on red tails so you can go listen to that but i feel like with red tails it was less clear who was the lead of red tails was it it was it was david a yellow oh it was david a yellow it was like because it was like david a yellow no it was even david a yellow or nate parker i can't remember which one it was it was one of those two though it could have been nate we did not watch this film that long ago <laughs> it wasn't that long ago that we watched red tails and i I don't think I am truly blanking on on the plot of that movie. I have no idea what happens in Red Tails, but I will say what Red Tails does do that we have talked about before, at least I remember <laughs> acknowledging with with Harriet <laughs> was like ago. at the end of Harriet, they were like, you know what else Harriet Tubman did? And then did a list of things that Harriet Tubman did. And it was like, those things are far more interesting than what we just watched. And while this movie was very interesting and cool, at the end, they're like, this is also what the Red Tails did. And what the movie Red Tails did was they were like, we're going to start <laughs> at the stuff that's the scroll. I don't know. Sometimes sometimes it's cool to like 
tell that part to, or do your best to tell that part, <laughs> you know, the like. We did the, it June, June 2021. So almost two years ago. Oh, we did that drain that close? I thought we did June that June twenty twenty June twenty twenty one though. I don't remember anything that happened in in, in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. So you can't. <laughs> we were COVID. We were we had the vaccine by then though. I still don't know. I don't know twenty twenty and I don't know twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty two. Ask me about twenty twenty two. I might have some. I might have some details. Yeah. I might. I only might have some details. Now let's talk about a movie that we did like. Yeah, let's talk about this movie. Yeah, let's go into it. Yeah, let's jump, jump into the Tuskegee the Airmen. We start off with... Love this intro. Love this. With Lawrence, <laughs> and he's, he's getting to go. He, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's heard. He's excited. Everybody's proud of him. His parents are proud of him. It seems like some other white people in the town are proud of him, yeah, which is cool. Just everyone that knows him are saying goodbye, saying goodbye to him. They're so are proud of him. You you get what's happening, you know. This guy's going off to this guy's going off to freaking serve in the in the US military. In the US military. I mean, but that's the beauty of it to me is that it showed the importance of what they were doing. Cause he, and not only that, but I, I love that we see him very quickly. He immediately meets the other four. Or the other three, the other two, sorry, at the beginning. Yeah, he immediately meets him. Cuba to me has what what is what is like the Denzel part to me, which is like the flashy, like kind of talkative dude. Not necessarily like this is I'm thinking like Glory and like some of the early Denzel movies when he was like not the lead, but the guy next to the lead who was like young and like quick. I thought Cuba did so well in this, man. But also he was likable. Like he was, he was Rooster. Sorry. And I'm, I don't know why I'm comparing this to Top Gun because I watched it recently. But he was the, the wild man who was fun. And I think Cuba, if I'm comparing him to some of these other like, you know, Air Force movies, is that he remained likable. I think in some of these other movies, like the wild card was usually a dick or like kind of too cocky where Cuba was, but always had a level of charm and like, Hey, hey, I, I I may be cocky, but like, I'm not trying to be an asshole to anybody. Like, I just really, I got a hundred. Like, remember he said he got a hundred on the that test. That was so funny when he said he got the hundred on the test. And he never said it until after Payne was like, I got a ninety eight. He was like, Oh man, that must be nice because I got double zeros. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but he but he was also baiting everybody because he was the one asking what other people got on the test. Oh right, <laughs> so, like, right, right. He was ready to tell you he got a he got a hundred, right, but he right. wanted to know what you got first. Right, right. <laughs> Damn, I didn't keep that. Look, man, my man was my man was good and skilled. What can we can James? What can you do, baby? What can you do? Yeah, no, you know what I'm truly, the second he shows up, I was like, great. I'm so <laughs> excited about this. Like he's having so much fun. Alan Payne is so reserved and serious. I love Alan you know? Payne's character. He, yeah, yeah, truly, yeah. All their dynamics were so much fun. His character was the one character that was based off a real person. Wow. Oh no! So somebody died like that. Colonel Benjamin O. Davis Jr. No, no. B- b- wait, oh, wait. Davis. Never mind. That's Andre Brower. That. That's Andre Brower. Whoops. Yeah. Sorry. Wrong. Wrong person. But what's oh, cool, but what's Brower. wild about that specific death is it was so <laughs> there were so many things happening there, right? And then afterwards, Cuba's like they killed him, and I'm like, oh my, like I I needed to know if there was any 
evidence of anything like that happening. But because me, it is I'm so on Cuba side, they did kill that man, yo. Like... Well, but that's what I mean. Like it's like that's why I feel like I need there to have been I need historical evidence of this so oh, that I can be yeah. so that I can spend time actually dealing with the like what are the moral <laughs> like what what happened here in this moment because otherwise I don't know man we just saw a suicide and <laughs> and was he pushed to that or was is this writing you know what I mean like this <laughs> like oh I see what you're saying no yeah yeah th- there's a lot ev- evoked with that to me for me <laughs> for me personally yeah I see what you're saying so you open Google Chrome on your phone, you're hunting for a super rare first edition vinyl of a band you're obsessed with when you're supposed to be working. But this site you tapped on seems pretty shady. And Daryl from IT just jumped up from his desk. Oh no, he's coming your way. It's a good thing built-in malware protection keeps you safe and sound. Not from Daryl though, sorry. There's no place like Chrome. Download Google Chrome on your phone. When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Get the most out of weekly sales and receive personalized coupons toward your favorite items, all while earning one fuel point for every dollar spent. Because shopping at Kroger, whether in-store or online, is easy. And saving money is even easier with the Kroger app. So get the most value out of every trip, every time. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. I mean, I mean, but that is something because I'm like, uh, it's something. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, let's get to that. But it's something about, to me, blackness and being pushed to the brim. And, And even that character, whether he was real or not, working so hard to get to a certain point and doing something like, I don't know if you guys remember a time, like uh, uh, it was a few years ago and I can't remember because of COVID, but like white people were tweeting like, wow, uh, policing wild white or something like that. And they would just tell these stories on Twitter about like how they would deal with the cops and like in ways that got black people murdered. So it was like, it's supposed to be like, kind of like, we understand. It was like, oh man, I've, been pulled over drunk without a license and instead of being arrested or, you know, beaten, I was like escorted home or like, and, and so the fact that this dude did something that was very cocky, but like didn't hurt anybody, didn't ruin the plane and just seeing one white man smiling about it and n- another white man who had technically more power than this white man know the fuckery that this white dude was doing, but still somehow was powerless to, and it was like, I was like, could he not have done anything he certainly could have done he definitely could have he could have done these people they didn't want to very few white men in these positions of power even if they felt like it was the right thing to do wouldn't do it because they were like well i don't want to be seen as like this person who like loves black people over white people you know what i mean it's like it's this kind of thing where there's like oh like i'm not gonna stick my neck out for these people and like we said like he he goes yeah hey we said like we're not going to cut any slack for the for these people and it's like you're not not cutting them slack you're literally holding them to a higher standard than anyone else which is hilarious to do if you think that they're inferior <laughs> you know what i mean it's just like so you need to hold these people to the highest of standards who you think aren't that good at the job hmm interesting 
the other thing I liked about this was like we eventually get to see to Mackay Pfeiffer's character and the introduction of him is like they're going on this train and they're all going to where are they going to where is the train going to their basic oh I don't remember where it's Virginia Alabama oh Alabama and the thing is like you have all these northerners you know northern black folk who then are traveling down to the south and they obviously know about the south I'm sure they've you know, like have family down there or they've heard about it on the news or, you know, whatever. But like, it's, I love that, like, you get introduced to Mackay Pfeiffer and they're like, why are they kicking us off a train? It's like, what do you mean why? It's like whites only. Like, we got to go to the back now. You know what I mean? And then like later on, he gets that scene where he talks about like, where they're all like kind of like joking around how they talk back. And he was like, yeah, where I come from, you know, (laughs) black folk who talk back turn into strange fruit and they're like what do you what what is that and then he recites this like old i don't know poem (laughs) is that what you call it that's just like i mean it was brutal but so real you know and you just remember how it's like literally life or death like they're already going into a life or death situation like they're literally all training to go to war you know and yet, before they get to war, they have to be in life and death situations. And then when they come back from war, they're going to be in life and death situations. It's just, it's so wild to think about how much these people had to go through. You know, some of these people are, yeah, to just exist. And this was just two, two generations. Two, I mean, technically three, I guess. But like, you know what I mean? Like, this was not that long ago. Yeah, it's also wild that they, they were told to get off the, the, the train for German prisoners of war. That's who was taking their seats. It's 2023. And, you know, I I was just telling Rachel this, and this is just a a tangent about what blackness is. Like, you know, I I missed last week because I had booked a job out of the country. And one day on set with some South Americans, and one of them is my complexion, maybe a little bit darker. The other ones are white passing. Two of the white passing ones go is... The N-word with the E-R, worse than black, where you're from. And I was like, well, if you're not a person that looks like me, you can't say black. I mean, you can't say the E-R word. It's like, that's only black to black. You know what I mean? And the fascination, and as much as they knew about black Americans, were two things that they were so enabled were trying to get with. Why do police hate black people? Like, this is, this is like, and this is, mind you, this is like trying to speak and trying to understand Spanish and trying to figure this out. But it was like, the policia, why do they like kill and blah, blah, blah. Why, why does non-blacks say the N-word? And it's like, this is the thing that only thing they knew about what people like me look like. And when I look at this movie and I think about how these black people who are about to be in the war technically to save Americans had to be taken off of a train <laughs> for, for prisoners. For, for prisoners. People that tried to kill and harm, and if they succeeded, would do Americans harm. But the people who were giving up their lives to protect Americans they had never met were kicked off of a train for the people, I think about the same thing when it comes to the Confederacy. It's like this movie and where we live in, like recently I drove through the South with my mom and we went to a gas station. We we're about to buy snacks and then we're at the front of the gas station and my mom turns and she goes, we need to leave. 
This is this is this is 2023. This is January. And she goes, we need to leave. I'm like, for what? And as I turn, there's signs for the Confederacy everywhere. And it's like, if you don't like it, go back to where you came from. Like Confederacy never lost. Like these, these are the fucking signs at the gas station in 2023. And I'm like, these people, we can it was hard as like black people, we can give everything. We can give our fucking lives. Like our and, like you said, Bray, this is two generations. Like we can give so much of ourselves and it's still not enough. I am literally in another country and all these other people in this other country know is that America doesn't like me and I'm American. I'm driving my mom in the South and we're looking at a place where my mom is like, hey, we need to get, my mom doesn't curse, very religious. She goes, we need to get the fuck out of here. Like that is a thing <laughs> that happened. And when I looked up, I was like, oh shit, we need to go. And it's like, could you imagine feeling that now? And could you imagine what they felt like then? especially thinking about that at that time when you gave your lives, the, the three of us go to war and only one come back and I still can't get respect and I lost my homies. I'm like, I, man, guys, this movie was so good, but it made me so sad because everyone looked like family. Like this, like everybody, this looked like uncles and cousins and like the people who you go to the cookout and you listen to their stories. Like that's what this movie was. And like, like, break that statement of like, this isn't that long ago is what's killing me because my friend Ryan, who I think you guys have met, his dad worked with Tuskegee Airmen. And so I've heard a lot of these stories and I'm like, oh shit, to become an air traffic controller, you had to deal with this. And in my mind, I'm like, it's crazy because this isn't some foreign story. Ah, guys. Well, I also think about the fact that this movie, even though... I mean, like kudos, I guess, to HBO for doing it and for putting so much money into it. I, I don't. I mean, Wikipedia, you can never trust it, but apparently, Wikipedia said like this was the most expensive like tele like TV movie made up to that point. But it was still a TV movie, and this is during a time. I mean, we still love World War II films, but like the '90s had so many freaking World War II films. Like they were making them out the wazoo, and this movie could not get a theatrical release, a major theatrical release. And it is about one of the most successful pilot, like, you know, <laughs> regiments in, in the entire U.S. history, <laughs> like history, like war history. Like, and it couldn't get a feature, like, not until 2012 and even that and like we talked about that and that budget and who got to star in it and and really what it got to do but like it's just like it's so sad you know like they had a bunch of stars in this film and they couldn't get i think like the budget that they, it deserved anyway but the the movie started the movie picks up it, 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 you know we get they finally get to the airbase, and then <laughs> I loved how they did it. We had two speeches, like first person. I forgot who what the rankings were and who was ranked higher. I wasn't. One's either. like a colonel, and one's a major. You talking about a Courtney B. Vance one? Courtney B. Vance and a white dude. Well, no, I mean before Courtney B. Vance, there's two white dudes who talk. The first white dude is like, was like, con- you know, congratulations on being here. There are a lot of people who doubt. Like this is an experiment. There are a lot of people who doubt the success of this experiment, but we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that you guys can be, you know, are going to be able to fly. You know, basically it was, basically it was like, was like, we're, you know, like this is going to be hard. We expect the best from you and we're going to give our best. 
And then the second white dude goes, none of you should be here. This is a, f- a complete waste of time. None of you are qualified to do this. And I'm looking forward to all of you washing out and stop and stop like taking up space because there are good, there are white pilots we could do. It was so, he, he was so unbelievably racist. Un- unapologetically <laughs> racist. It's for, and like the thing is like, people are this racist today, but like we do live in a time where it's so hard to be like this unapologetically racist. You can't be that, you can't be that blatantly racist within the military anymore. This, to, to have this person just, give this whole speech and then just and you're like what and then like he had he's the one who's evaluating them yeah he's trained he's, he's evaluating about, them he's about to he has train to train you. and evaluate them yeah. <laughs> the guy training was like i can't wait for you all to fail <laughs> what, what's what? so funny about this is is bray I, I think you're right to an extent but then i don't because i'm like you can't be this openly racist but I mean, y'all, I mean, we all know this. It's like now they're like Florida in particular are actively trying to end like the discussion of African, I mean, African-American history and Black History Month. And I'm like, I think you can. We just package it different. Like I'm literally looking at like, I'm literally looking at, I, I just saw a video of like this white dude in a Barnes and Noble pissed at the Black, th- Black History display. And he's like, why would you do this? This is offensive. And I saw whatever the racist white man, Trump number two is, what is this fucking name? The new president. What's that guy's name? Don't Shit. call him the new president. Bray. DeSantis. Bray. We thank you, Melissa. Bray. We don't that, don't Bray. do that. Bray. Don't speak that into existence. Bray. I'm not Bray. I, I I'm I'm awake, baby. Come on, man. Come on, man. We <laughs> President DeSantis. You know he's trying to end <laughs> no. Black History. Like he's literally trying I don't, to. I don't like he's this trying at all. to rewrite Black History. So I think you can be this racist. I think it's just shelled differently. I think it's like. Well, yeah, it is. He said, but he said, you can't be blatantly this racist in the military. Like you will, you will get in trouble if you are blatantly this racist in the military. Give it a, give it a year. (laughs) (laughs) Bruh, shit is so wild. I'm like, I think about it. Like we're watching this movie and we're like, yeah. And Bray's right. You can't be this racist. And I'm like, yes, you can't. But then I keep reading about things. I'm like, yeah, you can't be blatantly racist. But I'm like, now these motherfuckers are just sneaky about it. And I'm like, (laughs) it's like, it's like we knew. They knew things were yeah, bad. You gotta be sneaky. Yeah, you gotta be sneaky. Oh, God. <laughs> God. I mean, not as sneaky as you used to be, that's for sure. It used to be like seven, I don't know. There was like four years where you couldn't be, you, you know, you had to be sneaky racist. And now it's like, you kind of, it's like barely sneaky. <laughs> yeah, now it's like, oh, I just don't like y'all niggas. I'm like, yeah, uh, you just have to say oh, all lives matter. That's all. Yeah, we get this, ra- and, you know, and very, and like he make, makes them taste, take the tests again and they all pass it and honestly do better the the second time than they did the first time not one person gets under 95 which is incredible i love the scene where they're all introducing their names they're like because they all have like these like nicknames but then like they're all like this is my real name and then they're all like this is the like my major like i'm pre-med and he's like political science economics you know like they're all just like art history (laughs) one of them it's crazy yeah because these are all like super super smart like i mean it's a cream of the crop cream of the crop it's like like these people are smarter than most people in the military and they're all put into this you know division yeah and they and that same colonel like uses that to put them down he goes he goes just because a bunch of college educated i can't remember if he said 
niggers or <laughs> I can't remember. Did he say that? Yeah, did I'm he? sure he did. I can't remember because they they were they were judicious with it though. They were judicious with it. They they defaulted to boy more often. And I was thinking about that because it's a TV movie. They were like, oh, we probably But it was HBO. That <laughs> character said it. That character it said HBO. it a good amount. Yeah. Like he said, like when the dude killed himself, he called him a crazy nigger. Yes. yes, yes, he did. He did. And then and then later when they when those pilots find out that that the red tails are black, they're like, they he one of them said. He says it again. Yeah. Hey, this is Tim Heidecker, and I'm glad to be back in Glendale, California, in the studio with my good friends DJ Doug Pound and Vic Berger for another episode of our podcast, Office Hours Live. This week, we had a very special guest, his golden messenger, who played a beautiful tune for us. We laughed, we had fun, and you should tune in to Office Hours Live this week, and quite frankly, every week on your podcast app of choice or at youtube.com slash Live. You know, the thing that disgusts me about the N-word or the ER one in particular is that poor, and I, and I, I do mean this, so uh, people, you can be offended by this. Dumb white people, not, not the smart ones, but dumb ones, like the dumb ones and the poor ones who haven't figured out how to be as smart or crafty as African-Americans. It's like, it's because... <laughs> Right. No, but hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Because this is my uh, the uneducated. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I want to say the dumb ones. So the dumb. Okay, ones. great. The dumb. The dumb <laughs> ones. Yeah. Instead of finding a way to like, you know how they always tell, tell black people, you got to pull yourself up. You got to do this and that. Instead of doing the same thing that the rich white folk tell us to do, they always just call us the N word with the ER. As a as a way to feel better than, and I'm like, hey, bro, like I think about LeBron. Y'all remember like when LeBron was in LA, went to like went to the the NBA finals, and they spray painted the ER on his house. I'm like, this dude is so much better than you. And this is the thing about it. This is the thing about it. That white dude saw these test scores, and I bet you they were higher than most of them other white oh, folks. They were higher than him for sure. No way. Yeah, he never scored anywhere near where where these folks were scored. That's why he was. That's why he's so skeptical. He was like, "Well, I got it." I said, yeah, he's like, "Well, it. I got, a, I got an eighty. I got an eighty-four, yeah. and it took me three times to take the test." But that, but that is the thing that bothers me. Where it's like, as great as you can be, as smart as you can be, because of racism and whiteness, you can be somehow seen as less than just based on a word. Like nothing. Like my bank account can be better. My my IQ can be higher. My family could be more intelligent, but at the end of the day, you can just call me the N-word and now you feel like, ah, at least I'm not that. I will say, though, that this is sort of, I think, sort of responding to your to your point. Something I didn't like about the movie was there was that one moment when the guy from Texas was like, they're not flying them planes. And the other guy was like, them? Like, he, like, highlighted that the guy was Southern and had a certain expectation of the way that he spoke. And I was like... Everybody, it doesn't matter where you're from. There's plenty of white people who didn't think that, that black people could fly the planes. So why, so why are we highlighting that this particular man from a particular area says them planes in a certain way? Do you know what I mean? It, made me, it was a little like it was a little like they were like, 
these white people. Well, I mean, it's just, it, but it's <laughs> just know? pointing out the like, like yes, John Lithgow also doesn't believe they can fly planes, and he's like intelligent, but like the point is like, so you're gonna like talk to your. <laughs> you're dumb (laughs) i think that's the point right (laughs) Right, it's like you are uneducated and you're like saying that you know for a certainty that (laughs) black people couldn't fly like that doesn't make any sense like i mean i understand in the the moment but that's the whole thing racism never makes sense (laughs) i i get you i get you yeah it just makes no sense i mean it's just not it's just the color of your skin has nothing to do with anything else <laughs> you know certainly <laughs> certainly not intelligence or, well, or no, skills we learned from the studies from one of the top universities in america that you know because of having the smaller blood vessels and how is <laughs> such an interesting it's so funny how much like pseudoscience was done in an attempt i mean that's obviously pseudoscience like still around they people do that same thing today but it's just like so interesting how much it was done in an attempt to like discredit black people or like say that black people couldn't do x y or z the like blood vessel thing is so it's just like what (laughs) oh they don't have as big blood vessels so they're gonna pass out in the air and like there's one dude who's like who literally is like well that that would explain some of the the things that are happening you know and of course they're like they would never ever take into account and these you know ridiculous studies would never take into account all of the horrible like conditions that they're suffering through these these trainings because they're being trained by racist people who want them to fail it reminded me actually of a letter that i saw saw this in this museum in san francisco there was a letter sent to i believe wb wb du bois from a prestigious white college university and it basically was it basically is don't make me mad. Asking him. No, I think I saw this. I think I. Yeah, yeah it was just like, hey, they're like, hey, we're, we you know, we're from this university and we're just conducting a, a study on like the Negro and, you know, his, his ability to love. So like, what, like, can the Negro love? And they just like ask these just like completely dehumanizing questions. And I was like, this is a real institution doing a real study that will be published. And think that what they're doing is act is scientific it's just like wild you know anyway it just it just put into perspective exactly what these quote-unquote studies were were doing and still do by the way they still people still, about do to say, still do. listen y'all talk yo listen john you talking like president DeSantis ain't about to be doing the same shit bro hey, stop, no no i'm not, not gonna be president bro president DeSantis, okay it's about to do the same shit. Okay. I rebuked that in the name of Jesus. Listen, we all we joked about it. We when Trump was out, we said this motherfucker is so dumb that someone worse and slightly smarter is gonna come. We said it. And you know what? That nigga is someone here. Someone worse and slightly. He's here. Listen, I'm not listen, y'all. I'm gonna tell you this. White, hey, white listeners, we got a lot of white listeners. Talk to your cousins, okay? Talk to your aunties and make sure they don't vote for President DeSantis. All right, because he ain't announced it yet. But you know damn well he gonna run. Well, this is not a political might podcast. Help the economy. This you is not sh- a political podcast. This is don't that was do the that, most Bray. political. Bray, thing. Bray, don't do that. This is not a political podcast. I'm not gonna talk about President DeSantis no more. Okay. Yeah, because he's not, and will never be. All right. <laughs>
I'm just no back to the movie. Back to back to good times. Back to the movie. Hey, them niggas in the sky. Look at y'all. <laughs> okay, wait. I did think this was funny. This is I know this is this is jumping out of order, but I did think this was funny. The compare the the sort of parallel in this movie. There's a point where so in so when we we just watched Devotion and in, and in Devotion, there's a point where like where like uh, Jonathan Majors flies overhead and like some white pilots see him in the sky and they go, we got a colored flyer. And they like say that they like scream as they see it. There's a, but there's a point in this movie when Michael Jamal Warner's Cappy and I can't remember Fishburne's character right now. Lee Cappy and Lee have to like down their plane uh, on a, on a strip of road and they, and they pass a chain gang uh, in Alabama, filled with black, all it's you know, it's all black men. They when they get out of the of the planes, you know, first the 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 guy the the guard that's like that's in charge of the, the chain gang is like, oh, our boys are coming, back up, you black people. You know, he's like, <laughs> but then but then when the black guys see that the pilots are 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 black, one of them goes, we got colored flyers, and he's like choked up about it, and it's like a really nice moment. And comparing the two, because I remember being like, you know, he's, I remember being sort of in support of the We Got the Colored Flyers moment in Devotion. I see the difference. So there, I do think it was a little better executed. In this. Well, one was like during an actual battle. Yeah, it was right? mid, it was, yeah, it was mid firefight. Yeah, yeah. that was, that, <laughs> that moment was less, this, like, this whole scene was about that, you know, whereas that was like a passing moment in the movie but it what the scene wasn't about that and it was happening during a battle which also made it a little bit more unbelievable and they reference Lawrence Fishburne references this scene later on in the movie when they come back to the question of like why are we doing this and he's like yeah I like the respect that we get especially from other black people colored people they say you know is like that's why we're doing it you know so real. That's so real. That's yeah. real. Like, like there's something to like, I mean, even even thinking about our podcast, I feel like this podcast is something that like blacks and whites listen to. But anytime like a black person like sees and mentions it, it, it hits different because it's one of the things like now diversity is important. Like, I think, you know, I can all say when we first all got out of college, started acting like you know, I said this to my friend the other day, like, Michael B. Jordan wasn't popping yet. You know what I'm saying? Chadwick wasn't out. There was no black dude starring in a movie unless you were Will Smith. It just didn't exist. And so for me, this podcast started before those conversations about diversity hit. And so it's something to having black people feeling seen and heard and being able to shit on stuff that white people feel proud of that deals with black people when it really doesn't do shit is like, it's scary. Because, like, you're shitting on the people who probably got to hire you, but it's also nice to be like, hey, man, if you're around Black folk, they're like, thank you, you know, because that shit was trash. You know, like, it's something to that feeling. So when Lawrence said that, I was like, yeah, nigga, I feel you, bro. We feel you, bro. Don't fly uh, that plane. I love, love comparing the flying fighter hey, man. jets to crapping on. It's battles everywhere, bray. It's battles everywhere, okay? <laughs> do you think, do you think, Bray, do you think, okay, it's easy to list one of the worst movies of all time as Green Book, okay? Do you think I feel pleasure? You think that's easy for me to say, Bray? Do you think it's easy for me to sit here on this podcast with you and say Green Book may be one of the worst movies ever made, maybe second 
to birth of a nation? You think that's easy for me, Pray? I don't think it's hard to say that. James, you think it's easy? Pretty bad. <laughs> James, do you think it's easy? Is, I mean, even I said Green Book was bad. If I say if I said the movie was bad, I think it's pretty easy but James, to say that. You are a champion for saying that Green Book, okay. I'm a champion. Oscar winning <laughs> Green Book. Yeah, I won the Oscar for Best Picture. It's one of the worst movies ever made. Because you know what? You're a champion and so are you, Bray. Because a lot of people wouldn't say that in public. I'm not just going to say it in public. I'm going to say it again. wouldn't say that. I mean, I think what would be harder to say is to say it to Peter Farrelly's face. That's fine. But, I'll tell him. But Let's meet him. I, Call him. I, I'm just talking about I'm just talking about levels of difficulty. <laughs> <I'm just talking laughs> I think people need to understand that I said hashtag Green Book wasn't good <laughs> in a character sketch that people still quote <laughs> and people still use that hashtag, apparently. <laughs> but As they should. Never let it die, James. Live on. Hashtag Green Book wasn't good. But I'm <laughs> saying it's different. It would be different to say it to Peter Fairley's face. That's, I'm just saying the level. I'm just talking about. <laughs> I think we could because we know the reasons in which it was bad. Yeah, we. I yeah, I, I I don't think I would have too much of a problem saying this is why it was bad. But but I think he might know. But anyway, we're not talking about Green Book right now. We're talking about a movie that we like. Which you know what? Let me skip around a little bit because I think the stories. I think the stories because I, I want to say there are certain things about this movie that just made me feel like pride as a black person, and it was moments of like, and it's oh God, it sucks that what happened right after, but it was moments of just seeing them smile to themselves, uh, like achieving these things. Like before Makai Pfeiffer's character, you know, passed away, when the moment he knew he was going up in the plane, you know, or you know when Lawrence Fishburne, when the racist white dude was like, "Hey, circle around three times and bring it to a break." And he hopped out the plane so Lawrence could do it like fly for the first time by himself. And you could just see the moment of achievement that Lawrence Fishburne had. Like those moments. And then and then the biggest moment is when this the first lady came and was like, I want to ride with him. And then they hear Courtney B. Vance say, Everything has changed right now. He is changing your lives right now. This place will be a part of the past. And I'm like, it is, it is something to watching black people, and I hate that we have to go through these things to prove ourselves, but to see these black men uh, fight and achieve these wonders that like other people were handed to them is just, I don't know, it's just encouraging, man. Because think about it, they could have quit at any moment. As a matter of fact, when Theo Cosby was trying to quit, they was like, nigga, where you going? Goodness, I know. Like, where you going, Theo? You know, and I'm like, that is beautiful, bro. They were like, Theo, you can't quit, Theo. And Theo was like, you right. You know, at the old state. That was a beautiful sequence. I was like, that's so nice, man. And like this, and they smiled after, like, this, the cut to Cuba after that moment and him just smiling and being like, yeah, all right, bro, we got it. We got it. Like, that is. Uh. I, I will say, like, the focus on on training and the way that, like, we lost a couple people during training, like, that was. I I thought that like that the focus on that was something this is something really powerful about this movie in particular because you know like we saw devotion and we saw like you know there's one one guy perished in in training and who knows if that's just it's just historically one person died in, in training in that period of time that we were we were looking at but it was like but you know over over time their numbers just kept dwindling 
and yes, he said that was going to happen, and they could have they could have very easily just done that in like just jumping forward in time and us seeing less people. But the fact that we like sat with these people as they died, and they died in different in various ways, some from the pressure, some from you know, it seemed like it seemed like Mackay Pfeiffer's character was probably too scared in that in those final moments, right? Like not not giving up the not giving up the control panicking you know holding on to the to the thing you know like all of that was you know really st- strong i think in the way that they presented. yeah you wanted it to be top gun you wanted it to be top gun so bad you Man. wanted that to be a real thing where he could just do some cool maneuver and they were like you know what you're top gun oh, bro cool <laughs> Oh my! It was like no, was they were gonna put him in knew he was jail doing it. when he got like, in that plane. If he landed, like, like after he landed know. that plane and doing the best maneuver yeah, ever, I, yeah, he uh, would have been court martialed. I didn't think he was gonna do that, I and he, he would have been like, in that chain gang that Lawrence Fishburne and do a maneuver that no black person had ever no, done. Exactly, before you wanted it to be. I didn't, they would have turned him into a slave. Yeah, I didn't. I did. I did. I was like, oh, he's I. I will be honest. At no point, yeah, there was just no way you would have been court-martialed. He would have been court-martialed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy because you guys are absolutely right. But at no at no point did I ever think of, like at no point did I think that was going to happen. Like I'm no point. I was like, oh man, he about to be crushing it. Like, oh my goodness, I literally thought he was going to go. Because he was like the only one who could do the barrel roll at first. And I'm like, oh, bet he's about to do this barrel roll and like prove he's the man. You know what I mean? And like, that's not what happened. Um, yeah. Oh, something else that I loved speaking of barrel roll is I love and like Men of Honor has a moment like this too. When someone that like has no business telling you how to do your shit <laughs> comes confronts you and then and then you realize that they have no business telling you because they don't know what's going on when when uh when Lawrence Fishburne is like oh yeah you know I I piloted I I piloted the plane that that took uh uh Eleanor Roosevelt up through the you know it, it, she can barrel roll with the best of us and John Lithgow's like what is that supposed to mean and he's like it's a it's a maneuver like he doesn't even know like like I know what a barrel roll is, you know what I mean? Like, not but literally having no idea what a barrel, like it not it not registering in the slightest as to what it could be, and it and he's trying to take these men's position, like take them out of their position, and he he has no knowledge or understanding of what the you know what the nuances of it are. I love when they when they do those little digs like that. No, I don't think we ever did that. He always does. Remember, he played that movie. Have we reviewed that movie when him attacking Denzel? Um, it's one of Denzel's first movies. John John Lithgow plays like Denzel's like a cocky rookie cop, and like he catches John Lithgow and he plants he plots like this revenge on Denzel for like the whole movie. Have we not done? I can't remember the name of it, but um, Denzel's super young. Like he's in his twenty, late twenties, early thirties in that movie. Um, no, I don't think I don't even think I've I've Ricochet, Ricochet, Ricochet. Thank you, Melissa. Ricochet. I don't think I've seen that. It's it's it came out 1991. But anyway, he's the villain of that as well. It's a young Denzel. In case you know, we ever want to watch. But we do finally make it out of the training, though we lose at least two of the characters that we've come known to love. And now we're in Africa. They're just doing bomb runs like 
gun runs, blowing up, you know, supply chains, blowing up the occasional like airfield, but never fighting, never getting to fight. And they're all like itching to fight. We do run into one fighter pilot or a few fighter pilots that were maybe just doing recon and Cap decides to go after them. And because of that, he gets killed because he breaks formation. And then they use that as an excuse to try to shut down the entire program, which is, yeah, t- typical, but, but insane. Yeah, and that's how we get John Lithgow's character, who's like, who's like, yeah, like, they're late all the time. Like, we see, like, a scene where they, like, get there at, like, 6 o'clock, and they're like, nice of you guys to finally show up. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, the meeting's at 6. And it was like, no, it started at 5.30. And we are like, well nobody told us it's like well it's on the board it's like it wasn't on the board it was at six and they go like look again and it's changed you know what's his name speech is incredible andre yes. oh yeah yeah and i wonder right? if that's the text because it was a such a good speech i wonder if that's what he said the story by is one of the uh, tuskegee airmen like is credited as the story by captain robert w williams i think is wait is that him yeah he was a wartime pilot in the U.S. Army Air Corps' 332nd Fighter Group, and he wrote a manuscript years earlier and worked with screenwriter T.S. Cook to create a screenplay originally intended for a feature film project. And so I guess they sold that, and some, and then they like hired three other writers like years later, 10 years later. They did this back in like 1985, he wrote this film. So he still credited the story by, uh, it took 10 years to make it, and it was made into a TV movie, and I think pretty sure if the writers of the actual screenplays who get the written by credit are I'm, I think they're white I have no idea though because they don't have pictures. No, what's his name Paris is black is he one of the oh is Paris black oh yes Paris Koalas he's written for the Rosa Parks story TV movie a raise it in the sun TV movie the color of friendship TV movie Wait, and this person's Caucasian no he's black this guy's black or at the very least, this is the black guy. Very tan. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's black. Trey Ellis has doesn't have a picture up. That's a black name, Trey Ellis, right? Come on now, come on now, come on, come on, man, Trey Ellis. That's got to be a brother. Come on, Trey. Come on, Trey. That got to be one of us. But anyway, oh yeah, he's a, a novelist. Yeah, black dude. Here he is, looking at him. And then Ron Hutchinson is white. <laughs> well, you got... So, it does make sense that they're black writers because the authenticity of this was Truly. pretty on point. Truly. It felt like... Yeah, yeah. It also felt like we had really good performers to elevate. And I think it's one of those things when you have people who can take a work and just ground it. Because you got to think about it like, at this time, in the 90s when this came out. I mean, this probably felt so incredibly close to home that like there's so much nuances that they added. I mean, I think the director did a good job of like leaving the camera on Lawrence Fishburne for a moment on, you know, Cuba to just see their reactions and just like really sit with these black folk. Yeah. I can't say enough about it. I, 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 I think their performances are great. Well, also, I mean, I hate the director was white. So like he did a good job, man. I'd be interested to know how much feedback or how much input any of the performers actually got to have because it felt like mm-hmm. they might have had a, a good amount, you know? Yeah. And so after this, we have, they finally get to do some of the, they finally get to fly to 
Italy. And then that's where they start doing these, like, what do they call them? Protection runs? Yeah. I mean, chaperones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're the chaperones. They're cover for the for the bombers. Yeah. yeah, and then they finally start to get to get some action and start shooting down Jerry. And this was something. This was something that I really liked about the movie, though, was that you know, sh- right before this happened, is the is the the scene with John Lithgow and and Bo Davis ha- has a speech, but everything that John Lithgow is saying about like about the colored regiment, it, you know, they're you know, they're I can't remember the exact specifics, but it's like they're. I'm just going to say like they're lazy and they're they have all these excuses and excuses is one of them for sure. When we when we cut to what the, the bombers that need support, they're like, we keep getting excuses. They're essentially saying the same things about their about their white cover. That's not that's never there. And I thought that was I, that was like 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 just doing that juxtaposition of like yeah i thought that definitely. was very well written yeah and it was cool and yeah like we said they use some of this like real footage to like in lieu of like actual you know fight scenes there was some like footage i'm like oh they use i feel like they use this twice <laughs> like some of the footage of the actual planes filing i was like <laughs> yeah but then eventually we get the the death of Huey Goody Jr. It's after he takes out two other planes, then he gets shot down. Well, he gets shot, actually. Yeah. Sings their fight song as he... F- he sings their fight song as as he's going down. And let me tell you what makes me, like, a little mad about the scene is I'm like, and the whole time I was like, man, can the white soldiers hear them talking to each other. And I was like, man, if they can hear them talk to each other. I was like, man, if this is what it takes for them to feel some type of humanity for this black dude who just gave their life, I'm like, I'm going to be kind of mad. And then it cuts to the white people kind of like tearing up. And I'm like, I guess it's good that they finally understood that, you know, uh, Cuba and them were people. But the fact that this guy had to give his life It just, man, it, it, I, I have a hard time because I'm like, how much sacrifice does it take just to prove existence? I mean, I think about now, man, and again, I'm thinking about, you know, uh, President DeSantis, you know, and Vice President Tucker Carlson. And I'm like, you know. Vice President? Like, no, I'm just saying, but when I think about, when I listen to them speak, I'm like, how how do people can... you know, come on, man. How <laughs> how do people continue to diminish a race just based on skin color now? I'm like, now, like out, out of everything, how do we still continue to do this? It just, uh, and this, I don't know, that part made me like so mad. Well, they would argue that they do not. Bray, President DeSantis is, do you want me to sing you? you know, Bray, I know, don't do this. I don't want to be political, but you know what President DeSantis is doing in Florida, bro. Like, he's not quiet about it. Like, he's not, like, no African-American studies, no college, high school. We don't talk about Black History Month in Florida. White people, are are white kids shouldn't be taught to feel bad about themselves. Yeah, Bray. And President DeSantis is real about that, Bray. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And guess what? Teaching them the real history of America makes them feel bad about themselves. And therefore, we shouldn't teach I have it. I've completely disengaged from this. I've disengaged. Yeah, Bray. And what do you think? 
And what do you think VP Carlson is going to think when we sit up here and we like, how dare, you know what, James, you're right. I don't want to talk about this anymore because I don't want the president and vice president to come after me. You know what I'm saying? So I'm right. <laughs> VP Carlson, keep your bow ties. We love the bow ties. Is, all right, we'll move on. It's brutal death, but Lawrence Fishburne Lee does get a medal for shooting down the battle German battleship. He also gets up to the rank of captain from lieutenant to captain now. And then we, and then, uh, yeah, and then we get the last kind of thing, which is like they're gonna now they're gonna go help. They're, they've been requested to chaperone the bomb run on Berlin. That's the, that's the end of the film. You wasn't what shooting you- with me in the gym? No. No. You know. That's why I just said no. For what? For what? Nah, because like, no, I'd be like, oh, now you need me? No. Figure it out. That's what I just said. Because they didn't want me before. They didn't want me to my homie passed away saving them. No, dog. You good. Why? Well, why are they doing this, Gerard? No, man. That was the whole, that was the whole question. Why fight? Why fight in a war in which your thanks is being lynched? Uh, you were the greatest out of four hundred and fifty soldiers or pilots. They lost sixty six. The fact that we have and rest in peace to those great men also. The fact that the the whole, so many of them made it out and they didn't lose a single, not a single bomber went down. Who, come on. 850 medals, 850 medals amongst the 450. Well, there should be more movies. Like, I done seen Saber Pride Run. I done seen Black Hawk Down. I done seen Behind Enemy Lines. I well, listen, seen it is Saber truthfully on us to make these <laughs> movies. It is truthfully on us to make these movies. I do love that Gerard just named three movies from three different wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Black Hawk Down. I done seen... What's that, what's that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal when he was in service and he had a shaved head? I done seen Jarhead. I done seen Zero Dark Thirty. I done seen American Sniper. I done seen... Yeah, I mean Dunkirk. I done seen... Wait, what's the, what's the, what's the one when uh, Hawkeye was checking out the bombs? Which, which one was that? Remember he was like... That the, was... I done seen Hurt Locker. Yeah. There's other World War II movies, you know, like Fury is a World War II film. Yeah, there's so many World War II movies, (laughs) and you didn't name. Uh, Inglorious Bastards. The Great Escape. I don't see. (laughs) There's a lot of old, remember, there's a lot of old World War II movies that were made in the 60s. I mean, my point is, is I done seen so many Caucasian-led war movies. That's the point I'm making, Bray. Okay? This movie ain't come out Mm -hmm. in theaters. It wasn't even a goddamn miniseries. Okay? That's all I'm saying. Would that have been better? Would a miniseries have been better than... I kind of think... I think the movie was good, but I think a miniseries on HBO does give things a certain clout, and I think it would have been like... It could have been up for more awards, I think. I I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just here. I'm just watching the movies, bro. I'm just watching the movies, trying to make the movies, man. I don't know what's happening in the kitchen. Yeah. The Thin Red Line, 
That was also World War II. The English Patient. These were, were all the World War II movies that were also made in the 90s. Which one was the one? Was, was Oh, no, that's not World War II. Never mind. I was going to say, what was the one with Jack Nicholson? Wind Talkers? Was that, wasn't that World War II or is that not World War II? Oh, is Wind Talkers World War II? I don't I haven't seen most of these movies because y'all know I don't like watching people get shot. Yep, Wind Talkers was World War II. Watching yes. people get shot is tough. Uh, U571, you remember that movie? That was World War II. I do remember U571. U571. And The Hunt for Red October. I remember that. I remember that. Hunt for Red October. Okay, that's not. That's a Jack that's, Ryan. That's not. <laughs> that's a Jack that's, Ryan. That's based on pure fiction. <laughs> but did y'all see it though? <laughs> did y'all see that movie? That's set during wartime. All right, we did this. This is great. This is great. This is <laughs> great. Right. We, we, I'm sorry. Denzel Washington. Yeah. Anything else? Gene anything Hackman else? too, right? No, that was. Yeah. Was that the same one? I thought that was Hunt for Red October. Oh yeah, Hunt for Red October. Yeah, I remember that. I think he actually hit Denzel in that movie, and Denzel almost punched that. Humphrey Red October is not Gene Hackman. No. Oh no. <laughs> Crimson Tide. No, 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 Crimson no. Tide. Crimson Tide. That's what I'm talking about. Y'all remember Crimson, Crimson Tide? Tide? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the Humphrey Red October is Sean Connery and Alec Baldwin. All right. Yeah. Anyway, no. Okay. On this podcast, <laughs> we don't rate. Ray, do the thing, man. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Do I was just do you have anything else you want to say about this movie? We're no, done. we we're not doing we don't do bits anymore. Jerry and I both don't do bits anymore. We What's that? completely retired oh, yeah. them. James I don't do a doing bit. bits. I don't do a bit. But Crimson Tide is very good. If y'all haven't seen that in a while, y'all should go back and mm-hmm. and watch okay. it. Cause I think it's Gene it's Gene Hackman and just watch it right. Is that who's in it? Yeah, that's that is correct. Yes, that's <laughs> yes, the right James. way. The submarines and stuff. Yeah, that's good. I like but, that. Oh wait, wait. John, I do have I do have one question though before we start. <laughs> oh my God, why? <laughs> no, seriously, this, this is a real question. No, this is a question. I've talked about so long. Do you think Crimson Tide was a good movie? Is that? Is that how you, what do you think? You think it was a good movie? I think it was pretty decent. Crimson Tide? I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Cool. Cool, cool. That's all I wanted to know. That's all I wanted. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't. We Ray, don't need to do Ray, any of this. I tried to set you up. Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. Obviously, that's a that's a World War II film. Yeah, I mean, Pearl also had Cuba Gooding Jr. in it. Why Cuba Gooding Jr.? They keep putting him in. See, this is a thing. At this, at the time of this movie, they was like Cuba Gooding Jr. He should be the star of every movie, right? But then there was a point when it was like, let's put Cuba Gooding Jr. Let's give him seventeen lines. Well, he was the he was the cook, and it was like the cook, you know. Anyway, no, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Bray in the podcast. The people got to go to work. I will. Here we go. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is time for the cause. We rate and review films not based on how much we like them, but whether or not it helped the cause of more leading black actors in Hollywood. So if it fully helped the cause, we give it a black fist. If it somewhat helped the cause, we give it a white palm. If it didn't help the cause at all, we don't give it anything. So on the count of three, we'll raise our review for the Tuskegee Airmen. <laughs> my hands up. Okay. My, my hands. One, two, three. Three black fists, baby. Three black fists. No, I no. This is my thing. It it was a TV movie. It it. Look, man, it was in the nineties, man. Nobody gave a fuck about us. Uh, (laughs) At least they didn't pretend back then. I feel like this movie was well acted. I think the Tuskegee Airmen would feel very proud of this movie. 
I don't know, man. I feel like they, I feel like they, 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 they tried their best, yo. I think like if we got a chance to remake this now, it'd be really nice to have a black director. It'd be nice to have like, you know, maybe focus on one of the wars and maybe just like one of the, one of the biggest uh, transportations of what you know, just a moment maybe. But anyway, I, I don't know. I, I thought they did a really good job. I mean, come on. Of course, the cast was incredible, very well written. Absolutely. This is the cause. This is what we need. More leading Black actors. I gave it a fist because, obviously, it stars a lot of great Black actors. Some of them, especially Lawrence Fishburne, I guess. Like, I mean, Lawrence Fishburne was already established, but he did do The Matrix after this, which is not a lead. I don't know. It felt, I just felt like I had to give a Black fist. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow us at Blackman Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Blackmanpodcast.com is our website. We have links there to merchandise that we sell via TeePublic, like t-shirts and pillows and uh, phone cases. We also have a defunct Patreon. Well, why are you talking about that, John? It's because we have a year's worth of episodes on there. So you can click on it and listen to a year's worth of episodes donate for uh, not you know $5 a month and then unsubscribe whenever you like because we won't put any new ones on there. Also, you can find the links to our shows. We have uh we do have a show coming up March 5th at the UCB Theater. This will be Sunday, March 5th at 7 p.m. Black at the Movies is our show. We do a show where we improvise sets based off of your favorite Black films. So if you're in the Los Angeles area, March 5th, come out to that. And also, follow me at John Braylock. Uh, you can follow me at Rule of Three Inc. on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Ruleof3inc.com. Three is the number three. You can follow me at Draw Milligan on Twitter and Instagram. And if you rate and review us and give us five stars, we will read your review on the air. By the way, Oh, now I understand what's happening. I was like, we have gotten an explosion of reviews. And I realized it's because we've been highlighted on Apple Podcasts. So we must be getting some new listeners, which is great. And those people are... Hmm, We were highlighted on Apple Podcasts (laughs) during Black History Month. And so now we have a bunch of reviews. (laughs) Yeah, five-star reviews. Uh, And now we have a bunch of reviews. And like, uh, are they... uh, (laughs) Five-star reviews. Interesting how that works. Because of being highlighted. <laughs> oh, it's almost as if that's a good thing that we were highlighted <laughs> during Black History Month. This is from D. Crandy, one of my faves. Hey guys, just wanted to say how much I enjoy the pod. My husband put me on, and we are always laughing and texting about the show. I took an AA in film course in undergrad and have always been interested in our history through film. And Jura, as a native Virginia Howard alum and lifelong fan, I concur on every statement about the commanders. Dumb name. Uh, <laughs> it feels racist. It feels really racist. Yeah. Uh, love y'all. That was great. Nobody, yeah. We, I definitely didn't review, read that one. Thank you so much. This is so cool. We have a bunch of reviews. And I'm going to save them. <laughs> we will next week. I don't know. What, oh, no, no, no. I do know because we did a switcheroo. And Gerard said he wasn't here last week. But the reality is he actually won't be here next week. It's coming out at the end of Black History Month. And next week, we are reviewing the Hulu film Bromates that is on Hulu. So watch Bromates so that you can listen to our review. Wait, so, so wait. Well, you're telling people to watch Bromates. Wait, you, so wait, hold on, wait. Because, Bray, I need you to remember, uh, not to, not to spoil it, but have during to watch it. the episode, 
Bray says, don't well, watch. Well, if they're going to listen to it without having to watch it, I'm not telling them to watch it. But before they know, they should watch it. Well, you know what? I will say this. I will say this. Just remember, after you watch this movie, we will be reviewing Creed 3. That is true. That's coming out soon. Kang versus Killmonger, okay? I mean, I'm very excited about that. I can't lie. The the, the trailer came on, and I was like, one, these motherfuckers are humongous. I've never seen brothers get that massive. Because I just watched Michael B. Jordan in that awkward moment, and he was so skinny. And I was like, this brother ain't never going to look like that again. He is swole, as swole can be. I'm rooting for Kang, baby. Let's go. Team Kang all day. Has, all day. Has Creed lost a fight? He lost in the first one. So in the first one, it was Rocky. The end like, of the first lost. one, he lost. Yeah. He lost. He lost two fights in the first one. And in the second one, it starts with him. In Creed 2. He, right. he went back and won that fight without us seeing it. And then in Creed 2, he just kept winning. And so I don't know what's going to happen in Creed. Unbelievable that he beat Dolph Lundgren. Oh, but he punished him. Uh, it was like, yeah. it, was, it wasn't even like a, it wasn't even no Rocky story. He was like, he beat that dude. But I tell you one thing, I saw Jonathan Majors, okay, in this trailer, in the Bama's app, like the top left app was the size of my head. He and this is in the, this fight. This is the first time he's going to be fighting another black person. Yes. In, uh, the, in the in or in the end for yeah, the end yeah, fight. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this is his Mr. T. Like he this like if if, if Creed is Rocky, this is Mr. T. This Club of Lane, baby. And my thing is Club of Lane got the win. Listen, I know the movie's called Creed. I don't know what Jonathan Major's character's name is, but I am rooting for Kang. A.K. Club of Lane 2023. Well, Let's I'm, go, baby. I'm rooting for Creed because that's the protagonist. Let's go, baby. Yes, it will. Yes, it will, boy. No way Kang that is Adonis. winning, boy. Kang. That's two or maybe three weeks from now. I'm talking about Adon. I'm talking about Michael B. Jordan's character. No way no is Michael way. B. Jordan's character no getting way. out of this. You see this? Okay. Come on, man. There's no anyway, way. Anyway, I can't wait right. to talk about it. All right. Let's have a- <laughs> we'll see you. See you next what? week. Peace. <laughs> Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Produced by Melissa D. Bonts. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.